the big brew. <laughs> the following program is closed captioned for the thinking in here. We want answers. You can't handle the truth. Welcome to the beautiful campus of LCMSU, everyone. Who are you? I am the Chancellor. Yeah, baby. Pastor <laughs> Marcus Zill. Twice in a row I have hit you up during Holy Week, <laughs> Pastor Seth Miro from Indianapolis. How are you doing, Seth? Doing well, Marcus. Thank you. Yeah, twice in a row, because apparently this is the only week of the year I work. So. <laughs> well, normally you only work once a week, right? Right. So, anyways, tell us a little bit about where you're at. Yeah, I've uh, was at St. Peter's now for coming up on 10 years, doing campus outreach to Butler University. IUPUI, and uh, now we're getting started at University of Indianapolis and even Marion University, which is a, a Jesuit college here in town. So, because why just go to one or two places when you can go? Exactly, to four? we're gonna we're gonna try to hit all four and then five, even if we can manage it. Yeah. There you go. Well, you know, it is Holy Week. How was your Palm Sunday? Tell us a little bit about how Palm Sunday maybe sets the stage for all the other activity of the week. Yeah, yeah, our Palm Sunday was great. Um, you know, as is probably typical, you know, we process in with the palms and oftentimes the little kids in the congregation will, will walk in as we're singing uh, All Glory, Laud, and Honor. Um, but really, Palm Sunday starts the night before, right? Saturday, but, you know, around sundown when Jesus is in Bethany with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And that whole crowd there to see Jesus and Lazarus, whom Jesus raised from the dead. And then the next morning, right, Jesus coming into Jerusalem atop the borrowed donkey, sure. riding in to the triumphal entry, the shouts of Hosanna. Boy, does, does the tone really change by the end of the week, right? You know, it's what's amazing you know. is the tone actually changes abruptly in the middle of the Palm Sunday service. You go from— Absolutely. It's also called Passion Sunday because Jesus right. is riding into Jerusalem to die. That's right. Well, even if people, if the, 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 the crowd doesn't realize it at the time, right? Hosanna, save us now, right? And the psalm, bind the festal sacrifice with cords up to the horns of the altar. They're calling for Jesus to come and die for them. And that's exactly what he does. And Although they don't, they don't mostly, most of them don't really realize that at the time. No, they don't realize it at the time. But, but liturgically, right, as we celebrate it, we know that that's what's occurring. There's a reason why we sing that canticle, before the Lord's Supper, oh, right? Absolutely. Hosanna, blessed yeah, is he, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, right? We tie that in there um, because we know that's why he has come. He is the festal sacrifice. He's the Lamb of God who has come to bear away the sins of the world. And you're absolutely right. There's there's the Hosanna, and then immediately we did the whole reading from Matthew 26 and 27, uh, the Passion from St. Matthew. Uh -huh. um, and boy, by the end of the by the end of that, it's okay. This is this is the whole purpose. You shall call him Jesus because he will save his people from their so in, sins. So, in reality, uh, and we get Palm Sunday every every week of the year when we have the divine service. Yeah. And yeah. The, so, on this Palm Sunday, we recount his, you know, his his coming, his entering into Jerusalem. But in reality, yep. he's entering every Sunday's divine service to bring us the gifts of his salvation. Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, and not just that, Marcus, it's every Sunday, I like to say, is a little Christmas and a little 
Epiphany. Now that's and a twist because normally Easter people and, say, yeah, I mean, people almost always say, well, it's a little Easter, but you're saying it's all of them. It's all of them. Like every Sunday, I mean, all throughout this Lenten tide, right? We, we don't count the Sundays in Lent right. because they're not part of that 40 days because every Sunday is, as most people say, a little Easter, but every Sunday is also a little Advent and Christmas and Epiphany and Ascension and all of this rolled into one. Every Sunday is the feast, right? Absolutely. And for us, the feast hasn't didn't stop on Sunday, actually. <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, and again, tonight, Wednesday, we have divine service every day during oh, the, the days of just, Holy Week. My heart is leaping out of my <laughs> chest with joy to hear this. Reminds me of my during my campus ministry years at the University of Wyoming, everybody thought I was crazy. I was always like, well, you know, you look in the book, it shows the feasts and festivals, the ones that are bold are major ones, and Monday, That's Tuesday, right. Wednesday of Holy Week are considered major festivals. And yeah. uh, yeah. uh, it was actually some students that they say, you always told us if we have a major festival, we're having the divine service. And I'm like, well, okay, I guess... <laughs> I Here guess, we go. I, That's I guess, right. Uh, what have you been doing the last couple of days? What are these three days about, and how is it then different from where we go on Thursday? Frankly, if you if you don't come Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you kind of lose sight of what happens Thursday to Friday, because there's a lot that goes on. Jesus isn't just sitting silent Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, after the Palm Sunday, Jesus returns to Bethany, where he is staying with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Well, Monday morning, he goes back into Jerusalem. Right. And on the way, he curses the fig tree. Um, he's discussing in the temple with the, the chief priests, the Pharisees. He's there speaking about the, uh, the well, actually, if you follow Mark, this is the cleansing of the temple. Right. Sure. From yep. from from Matthew and Luke. Um, you know, John has a little bit earlier, but then the, uh, the the speaking of the sacrifice. And then he goes back to Bethany that night. And then Tuesday morning, I mean, Tuesday just filled with activity. Um, it's Tuesday morning going back to Jerusalem in the morning. The disciples see the cursed fig tree and how it withered up. Mm. And that is the symbol of Israel, sure. right, who has been fruitless. Um, you know, and the, the kingdom's going to be taken from them and given to those producing its fruits. Uh, but then he's in Jerusalem, and, and this is, I mean, the, the lengthy discourses on uh, the two sons, the vine dressers, the marriage feast, right, all these great parables, uh, the tributes to Caesar, um, Jesus and David. You have the, the, the business of Jesus watching the people coming, putting the money into the coffers and the widow coming, mm. putting in all she had to live on. She puts in her entire life and Jesus praises her for this. Um, all these things are going on on Tuesday. You know, we normally don't think about this. We so often get these texts kind of, you know, we proof text or they show up here or there and we don't really think of where they're here. Jesus is riding into Jerusalem to die. And yet he takes a couple, three days to still teach. It's really rather remarkable. Well, yeah. And that the whole business on the Mount of Olives Tuesday night, right. Mm. Where he's teaching about the, he has the parable of the 10 virgins, yes. the talents, the day of judgment, all of these things foretelling the crucifixion, the, mm. the abomination of desolation, right. Of all these things. We take them out of context a little bit and, and, Reading them during Holy Week, right? Monday you get Matthew's Passion, 26 mm -hmm. and 27, but then you got to go backward and and you know, uh, or I'm sorry, Sunday you get that. Yes. Monday you go back to John 12. Right. Tuesday you get Mark, and then you get Luke, and then Thursday you're back in John, and then Friday you're you know in the Passion for Saint John for it's actually two services on Friday, right? Chief Chief service at noon. Right. And then uh, Tenebrae Vespers at 7. And I guess, technically speaking, right, Marcus, we should say Thursday, Friday, and Saturday is just one long service. 
Well, it is, and the uh, the ancient tradium, kind of the holy of holies of Holy Week. And yeah. so you get to Thursday through Saturday, and in reality, the, all those events, you know, even the service itself uh, starts at sundown on Thursday evening, which is really Friday, the way the Jews, the way they would have counted. Yeah. And so that service begins with the invocation, and then in reality, you don't get a benediction till after the Easter vigil on Saturday night. That's right. That's right. So you have you have three, possibly four services, you know, at that time, but really it's just one. So tell us you, Mon- Monday Thursday. Let's let's dive into Monday Thursday. That's yeah. tomorrow for most people as they're listening to this. Well, Monday Thursday morning starts with um, Jesus sending two disciples into Jerusalem to prepare the Passover for him to eat. And notice that this isn't something for them that is unusual. Jesus has been doing this with them for years now. Sure. Where do they, they actually ask, where do you want us to go to prepare this? Because while they're traveling um, around, they basically take the form of a family together and Jesus exactly. is the head of the house. Exactly. I've always kind of thought that interesting. You know, his mother is still living. Uh, it's possible Joseph is still living. He has other siblings, if you if you believe that, or Mary didn't. I don't know. Um, but there's other kids in the household, right? Sure. They're there. At, Mary's there at the cross. But he doesn't celebrate the Passover with them, as was custom for the Exodus with a family. His new family are these these twelve men, mm-hmm. right? His his brothers. In fact, it's after his resurrection he'll say, "Go and tell my brothers I go before them into Galilee." But yeah, he comes as the the paterfamilias, the head of the household. Mm-hmm. And so they go and they find the upper room; it's already prepared. And they set up there and everything. And then night the nightfall comes. You know, it's the uh, the fourteenth of Nisan at twilight. Slaughter the lambs, right? Right. And how interesting, the Passover, which is instituted before the Exodus, same day, though, if you count like a Hebrew, right, sundown to sundown, uh, happens the same way when Jesus comes, and while they're celebrating the Passover, he takes the unleavened bread, gives thanks, breaks it, gives it to them, and says, take eat, this is my body. Well, you know, I hadn't even thought about that, Seth, that the, the Passover meal took place before the substance of the Passover uh-huh. took place just as on Monday, Thursday, on the night That's when he was betrayed. Right. That's right. So he institutes his supper before the exodus of his death, and mm-hmm. it happens on the same day, just like the the, the Passover and the exodus. Wow. Right? Because we got to think like Hebrews. We're going to count inclusively. We're going to count from sundown to sundown, right? I always love doing this during Holy Week because— Time slows down, right? Oh, for the absolutely. rest of the world, for the rest of the world, they're looking. Oh, Easter, you know, is around the corner. They think about Easter, but a couple of years ago at the grocery store on like Wednesday of Holy Week, and uh, the, the the lady at the cash register asked my daughter, who's like eight or nine at the time, "You ready for Easter?" And my daughter looks at her and says, "He's got to die first. <laughs> <laughs> and so they think they're just thinking, "Oh, Easter's around the corner." Actually, oh, she's so probably also thinking, "No, I have like I have like nine services to go." Yeah, that's that's right. Easter. That's right. But there's so much that goes on, and that time slows down, and we're not just reliving historical events. We are reliving historical events. They happened in time, but there's more than that going on. I mean, this this is the reality that is our life. This is these are the gospels of the gospels. Right. This is the whole point of the Gospels, the evangelists, the passion narratives are the why they are telling, why they are writing. Are they not? Oh, absolutely. 
So here, here we yeah. have Jesus transforms or rather fulfills yeah. you know, the purpose of the Passover. That's right. And yeah. it's all about him and what he's about. And this would have been astounding to these guys. They were pretty meticulous, were they not, about, you know, about how Very do we count so. these things? And then Jesus basically completely goes rogue in a way that he would have been the ultimate heretic, except for the fact that it was true. <laughs> well, it's it's his Passover. Yes. Right? It's the Lord's Passover. It's Jesus' Passover. It's his exodus. Um, and so he takes with it and fulfills with it what it was always meant to be. And I, I think that these guys would have, you're right, been astounded at, take drink, this is my blood. Whereas in the Old Covenant, you never touched the blood. You didn't cook the animal in the blood. You didn't eat the meat with the blood. You put the blood, you smeared it on the doorpost. Right. Now you're going to drink of this blood because in it is life. And instead of marking the doorpost, it marks your soul. And instead of you passing through the, through the doorway out into the, to the exodus, to the freedom of Israel, you pass through the door of the cross that is stained with that selfsame blood of Christ. And so they immediately go out, the whole bit with Judas uh, in the yeah. Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus, yeah. then, if we recount back to Transfiguration, when he was talking to Elijah and Moses about his upcoming departure, which is uh -huh. about to take place, and so on the night in which he's betrayed, he institutes this meal, its fulfillment in him. Then they head out, and we have the betrayal. And all this happens when, timeline-wise, this all happens through the middle of the night. This is a course of hours. This is just a course of no, hours. No, I know, but it seems, like it, it seems like it's a long time the way we typically yeah. think of it. But in reality, you know, all this happens in the dark of the night. Well, so then we get to the events of the, the betrayal, uh, right. the beatings. Um, and Good Friday, you know, we, we always say yeah. that we preach Christ and him crucified. Why is this event such a central piece to our life in Christ? These events. This is the be-all, end-all event, right? And it's of a piece, again, it's of a piece with the resurrection, that this is one event, just as the Exodus, the Passover and the Exodus, that this is the reason Christ came. This is why he is named Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. This is why he hides himself from the temple when they want to stone him, and he goes out, because his time has not yet come. Mm -hmm. In the fullness of time, though, the Father sends the Son. And the son lays down his life willingly, and he comes to do battle with death itself in the flesh and blood of man, for he takes up our fallen flesh to redeem it, to make men his again. And to say that we preach Christ and him crucified is this is the victory that overcomes the world, right? This is the event on which the whole universe hinges. When we began Lent, we have you know Satan tempting Jesus to forego this. Yeah. Why is Satan doing that? Because he knows it's everything. That's right. I mean, this is this is the slaughter of the Passover lamb. This is the blood of the atonement that sets you free, right? This is the once-for-all sacrifice of the God-man who deals Satan this death blow in his own death, right? And so that for a moment it seems like Satan has won because he Jesus dies. He breathes his last and commends his spirit into the hands of the Father. But the cross isn't the end. That's that's why when we talk about that's why St. Paul can say we proclaim we preach Christ and him crucified. We know we know he's not crucified anymore. He died once for sin. The death he died, he died for us all. And yet, I love did you see the uh, Lutheran witness? I think it was last month, the, the picture there are full Are you kidding me? I, I work for the Synod. I sleep with that magazine. Oh, you have to, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It is a wonderful it's your, it is it is it's a your great... bedtime reading, right? <laughs> 
it's uh, a great magazine. I'm it's sorry. well, the cover, right? The 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 cross, full cross, empty tomb. Jesus lifted up on the cross. What is John John three? By this he draws all men to himself. This is how he he pulls us in. This is the preaching that goes out from this cross to the ends of the earth. That by baptism we share in that death, right? Just like, like, like the Exodus again, the Red Sea. Get all this actually on the vigil of Holy Saturday, let's right? Go right? Let's go to the vigil. So, so basically, Jesus is taken down on the cross. Nicodemus secures the body. They they bury him, but they aren't. They they, they put him in the tomb, but they aren't really able to yeah. to anoint him. And so the the ladies are going to head out the next morning. But in reality, why, why do we have this Easter vigil on Saturday night? Well, it's, it's not, it's not the, I mean, it is the next morning, but it's the next morning because Saturday is the day of the Passover. Saturday is the high day, the feast day sure. for the Jews. So they didn't work. And so they came back Sunday morning. But, but we, after sundown on Saturday, is any time after that is the resurrection. Because right, that's the beginning of the third day. That's because right. Because it begins Sunday, Saturday evening, the way they counted was really Sunday evening. Right. The evening, right, evening we, yeah. and then morning was the first day, the way God exactly. instituted it in the Exactly. Beginning. So it's 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 part of three days, and so it counts three days. And so Christians for for millennia have gathered together on Holy Saturday to mark the end of what's called, you mentioned it before, the Holy Triduum, right? The three days of Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday. And this is the event in which we come in in, in, in darkness into the church. Right, recognizing the, the the light of Christ has been snuffed out, and yet after that sundown, after that darkness, you know, we we walk through. There's baptisms, there's confirmations. We're going to have a couple of, of this year here at St. Peter's. Um, you know, there's lengthy readings recounting the history of the Old Testament that, that God is continually acting to save His people. Right, creation, the flood, Babel, uh, the three men in the fiery furnace. The dry bones, all of these things, they all come. This this is all distilled down into the one cup of the new covenant in the blood of Christ that he drinks to its dregs, takes it down to nothing, gives us the cup of salvation. So that it's that night. You want to have Easter? You come Easter vigil. So as we talk about the Easter vigil, you know, so the women actually, you know, they go out and they time it so they can, you know, they can get out there when it's daylight. Because who wants yeah. to go to the graveyard in the middle of the night, right? Uh, but they yeah. do time it so they can go there. And then Jesus has already been gone. He's descended into hell, preached to the spirits in prison, proclaimed victory. Uh, they see that the tomb is empty, and we have our full-blown Easter celebration. So Easter, Easter vigil's a little bit, It's not. I wouldn't say it's muted, but it's still a little bit anticipatory, right? It is. Um, I mean, you get the resurrection appearance in the gospel reading, uh, but then the funny thing is, is if you follow in the one-year lectionary, you get you don't get the resurrection appearance on Easter Day. Hmm. Um, and not to short shrift it, but I mean, Easter isn't just the day or just the morning. It's now seven long weeks, right? The church is celebrating Easter until the Ascension and then Pentecost. Right. And so we have these events. I mean, not that I've ever had the inclination, but we have. you could have service Monday and Tuesday as well. <laughs> I did it once. Uh, it was 10 straight nights. <laughs> yeah, I know. You got Easter Monday, although sometimes that's the road to Emmaus account, though sometimes people did. I did that Easter Sunday a couple times, and I, I found I didn't have a voice. <laughs> that's right. That's right. 
you know, but this this is the vindication here, right? That Jesus is raised from the dead, never to die again. This is the vindication that his sacrifice has been acceptable by the Father, and that Jesus, who is the innocent one, dies for the sins of the whole world. The Father raises his, him from the dead, right? Or Technically, it's Jesus raised himself from the dead, or the Holy Spirit raised him from the dead. It's all three persons of the Trinity acting in concert for our salvation. Thank you for walking through that with us. But one of the reasons why I had you on is because you are hosting an event in this seven-week, big, giant, Easter-lengthy period uh, for college students uh, in the area in Indiana and the neighboring states on the case for miracles and the resurrection. Tell us a little bit about the event and, and, and why is the resurrection so very important, especially in terms of our, of our Christian witness to others around us? Yeah, well, I mean, first and foremost, the resurrection is, is utterly important because as St. Paul says, if Christ be not raised from the dead, then your faith is in vain. Sure. And that we are to be pitied more than all people in the world. If that Jesus is, you know, his body is lying lifeless in some, you know, small, you know, little grave in Jerusalem or something, they threw him in a in a hole. Sure. But he's raised from the dead, and they and people see him and they're witnesses to these things. And it's not just a there and then. It's not a, a but they have physical contact with him more on more than one occasion. And so what we're doing is we're we're hosting an event um, to kind of highlight these things that to give an apologetic account, to, to, to give a defensible um, presentation, witness, right, of the veracity of the resurrection. Ooh, I mean, I this like is that, the... That word veracity, that's, that's ah. a, that is a fantabulous <laughs> word choice right there. Well, it's, it's you know, that, that our Christian faith hinges on the, the provability, right, the evidentiary um, presentation that Christ not only died, which people saw him, they witnessed, the Gospels are clear, right? I mean, yeah. Luke, the physician, John, you know, the, the outflows blood and, even and water. Unbeliever, this is, even unbelievers don't even unbelievers. that some yeah. man named Jesus died. Sure, okay, fine. Right. But did he rise? Did some man named Jesus rise? And so what we're doing is we're bringing in uh, Dr. Joshua Pagan um, out of Fort Wayne, who's going to be coming down and making the case for not just the miracles, but the miracle of all miracles. The resurrection. How can you make that case apologetically, not just from the New Testament, which are eyewitness accounts, right, but also from extra biblical sources? These are unbelievers, right? These are Jews. These are secularists. These are pagans who are saying, hey, the Christians are running around. This Jesus guy that we killed is raised from the dead, and they're, they're willing to die, you know, to go to their own death believing that. Why do they do that? Why do they why do they do this kind of stuff? And because, like I said, you know, if you can prove if you can show me the body, fine. But if not, here's the evidence that he was killed, that he is raised, that he is who he says he that he claimed to be, that he is the son of God in the flesh who has come to set us free from sin, death and the power of the devil. So when is this event? This sounds great. In fact, I might have I might have I, I think I just decided I'm going to have to come. Uh, when, down. <laughs> when is when is this and uh where can we fit get more information i'll make sure i link it to the archive of this program too and push it around yeah yeah come on down it's uh it's going to be saturday april 14th that's the uh second saturday of easter it's going to be at butler university in indianapolis more information can be found on our website stpetersindy.org um 
We'll have the link up there. It's on campus, starts at 9 a.m. We're going to have matins. Um, Dr. Pagan will hold forth for a couple of hours, different sessions, break for lunch. There's a couple of nice places on campus to eat. Come back for a final session, Q&A. Um, people want to stick around. You know, we can we can and celebrate the resurrection together. Um, but so this it's is really, it's, it's a Saturday a Saturday event it's a one day Saturday event Saturday only on April fourteenth and it's free. So if you're in the listening area of Indianapolis, you want to drive in Saturday only. Come on over. It's completely free. You just can park on campus on the weekend. It's no problem. Free, just like the gospel. Well, hey, right. I know you got a busy week, and uh, I will get back with you about what I'm going to ask you to talk about with me on the radio next Holy Week. <laughs> 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 Anyways, God's blessings to you, brother, and you and your congregation and all your college students. College students out there, hopefully this was helpful to kind of create a frame of reference. And bottom line, as I've always said, uh, this is the greatest week of your life because it's all about Christ and what he's done for you and what he gives you. Thanks for being with us, Seth. Uh, my privilege, Marcus. Thank you. Well, that's all we have time for. Blessed Holy Week and Easter to everyone. College students, college is tough. You need Jesus. We'll help.